Alright, okay, alright, fine. <sighs> <laughs> it just sounds so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do this. Alright. What's up, bitches? This is daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> Strong start. Strong start. Uh, what's up, bitches? This is fourth coffee of the day. <laughs> this is mentally unstable. This is hasn't slept in a week. Ah, <laughs> uh, just kidding, guys. What's up, bitches? This is Sierra, <laughs> and this is Morgan, and this is bitches and murders. And murders. <laughs> uh, so. I remembered that I had this case just, you know, sitting in my back pocket. Because um, in case anybody hasn't seen on our Instagram, my boyfriend and I went to St. Augustine for the day. We went on a little day trip. And in St. Augustine, there is the um, medieval torture What museum. is this about David Roy Parker? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you know that that's where I was Because <laughs> she said torture and instantly I was like, oh shit. I already know. <laughs> I usually don't, but that was a good guess. So uh, as we're walking around this museum, I remembered that we did an episode about medieval torture and we called it BDSM, but the B- the D stands for death. Um, and then I remembered that I had David Parker A sitting in my back pocket did not want to make eye contact. With I do these remember notes, you I'm being doing traumatized it. by that. And then I didn't remember ever actually talking about it. So I was like, wait a second. Yup, that's right. We're trauma dumping today. What's new? <laughs> What's new? So yeah, we are talking about David Parker Ray, aka the toy box killer. Damn, I think I said David Ray Parker. I was close. Yeah, so David Parker Ray. Well, so let me let me tell you how my notes play out. We have David Parker Ray. Okay, and then we're gonna talk about Cindy Hindi, <laughs> and then we're get, they're gonna their stories are gonna converge. Okay, and then we're gonna talk about March of nineteen ninety nine. Okay, and then we're gonna fill in some plot points that I left out. Those are my for dramatic favorite. purposes. Those are for my dramatic storytelling. Absolute favorite. <laughs> I love the. I love bonus twists. You know, I love doing that. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, show. I eat that shit up. Let's do it. Run it. <laughs> Run it. <laughs> All right. So first, we're gonna start with David Parker Ray, a true trash bag of a human being. So, uh, I don't really want to say his whole name the whole time. I don't know. Do we'll, not. We'll see it. Call him Dave. Davey. Dave. Davey boy. <laughs> Little bitch boy. Literally. Uh, so we're going to call him Ray. I feel like everybody calls him David. So we're going to call him Ray. Yeah, we'll mix it up a little bit. I'm into that. Yeah. All right. So Ray was born in Bellin, New Mexico on November 6th of 1939 to Cecil and Nettie. They were poor and they lived with Nettie's parents on a small ranch where they were raised. Um, it was David and his little sister, Peggy. All um, these names sound so, fake. 
Don't they though? <laughs> it literally sounds like you wrote like a, just a story about them. Just a really, a really bad horror movie. A yeah. really fucked up story. So, sorry, I had to take a sip of my. I know. Cider I was like, I was not- just about to apologize. I was like, if you keep hearing this noise, it's just me setting my coffee mug down over and over again. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm literally day drinking over this. Uh, <laughs> so. Cecil, who was the father, in case you weren't sure, because I wasn't sure which one of them was the man and which one was the woman. I mean, um, with names like that, that's that's fair. Yeah. So Cecil was an alcoholic and abusive as fuck to everybody. Um, and he divorced Nettie um, when David was about 10 years old and just kind of left. Um, unfortunately, he didn't stay gone and would sometimes like come back to visit the kids and be a drunk, abusive asshole. Um, Sounds about right. Familiar with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) Uh, We did say trauma dumping day. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Um, so after the divorce, Nettie decided she didn't want to be a mom anymore and sent the kids to live with her parents. Um, who were just like very strict, very um authoritarian. Is that the word I want? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, um, like very strict and would beat the failure out of the kids. That historically has always worked well. <laughs> that has never gone never. wrong. <laughs> um, so by some miracle, Peggy, his sister, grew up to be mildly well-adjusted. She was very popular. She was very liked in high school. Oh, good for her. Um, Ray was not. <laughs> uh, he was bullied and like was given so much shit because he was very shy around girls and all of his peers were like, haha, you can't talk to girls. You're a little bitch. Um, so he was bullied like relentlessly. <sighs> yeah. Um Anyways, continue. Sorry. I I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Yeah, I was like waiting for you to just say something snippy and you (laughs) I just couldn't even I couldn't even think of anything. I was just like, yeah, he does sound like a little bitch. Um, so around this time was when he had developed a fascination for sadomasochism due to magazines that his father gave him. Hey. And I'm just like emotional damage <laughs> literally literally i was like yeah this is this is the kind of sex that our children need and then they wonder why <laughs> why we're here right um so yeah in case anybody was keeping track for our serial killer cocktail uh we have coming from a family with a history of substance abuse we have abuse, abuse from our paternal and uh oh no just paternal our our grandfather and our father um we have bullying in school we have poor social development abandonment and we have sadomasochism and band yeah hella abandonment <laughs> checking all of the boxes my friends yeah like literally every box all he needs to do is start a fire and skin a cat and we're there or join the military or because i'll tell you what that's what he did that, i guess Oh, well, yeah. You know, that adds up. That adds up. Because historically, Um, the military has only... uh, Produced well-adjusted people. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
But before he joined the military, you know, he was still in high school. While he was in high school, his sister uh, found his collection of erotic photos and drawings that included bondage and sadomasochism. That's a unfortunate thing to stumble across. I'd be like, wow, right? I need to remove my eyeballs now. Thank you. Yeah. Could you, could you imagine like having an older sibling and you just you find that? <laughs> no. 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 But yeah. So after high school, he joined the military, worked as a general mechanic and was honorably discharged. From the ar- army. Oh my god, why can't I do the words? Um, and he ended up getting divorced four times before he uh, met Cindy Hindi. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of times. Yeah, and honestly, like if I show you a picture of him, you're gonna be like, "How did you convince five people to marry you?" <laughs> because you know, I have that question. Historically, I feel like a lot of people like that. That have been married like a bunch of times. I also wonder that. Or I'm like, sometimes I'll see it. It'll be like a really pretty lady or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got why you got married like six times. I totally understand. But then sometimes it's like dudes like that. And I'm like, how? How did you convince even one person? Let alone yeah. five people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that takes us to Cindy Hindi. Uh. I love so her name, by was, the way. 10 out of 10. I know. Great choice. So she was born Cynthia Lee Hendy in 1960. Uh, she was raised in a very poor neighborhood with a very alcoholic mother that barely took care of her. Um, in an interview, a friend of Cindy's recalled going over to the house and said, quote, all of us were hungry. We'd be lucky if we got tuna out of her. We'd go over after school and Cindy would have to beg like hell till her mother threw out a can of tuna fish just to get rid of us. Oh, that makes me sad. But it sounds like she's also working on her own serial killer cocktail over there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it gets worse. It gets so much worse. So as a child. Uh, Cindy saw her mother getting beaten by her mother's boyfriend. Um, his name was Dick. I None of these names sound real. <laughs> I literally have in parentheses. His name was Dick, and I don't know if I can say this without dying. Also, why is, like, every person nicknamed Dick, like, an actual Dick? Like, no one is, like, I'm convinced that's where that nickname came from. They're like, oh, formal your name is Richard? You're an asshole. Yeah, formal petition to outlaw the name Richard. Like, we just need to stop. It's that. like like a like a Tyler or like a mm-hmm. like a Kyle. Like there is just it's like a requirement. You have to be like an a, asshole. Like like a Chris or a like Zach. A, yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> We're trauma dumping. <laughs> uh, Came to play so, today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Cindy's mom did eventually leave him and marry a different man, uh, when Cindy was about eight. Uh, when she was 11, he crawled into Cindy's bed and tried to rape her and then told her mom that he was drunk and confused Cindy's bed for her mom's bed. Um, and her mom took his side and like called her daughter a whore and the two of them kicked her out of the house when she was 12. I... 
I hate to say this, but I feel like that honestly might have been the better option for her. Like, to just get out of there and then instead of, like, you know what I mean? Like, if her mom would have, like, taken the stepfather's side or whatever. Or is it her stepfather or her actual dad? It's her stepfather. Okay, that's what I thought. But for some reason when I said that, I was, like, doubting myself all of a sudden. Uh, Rather than, like, you know, because if she just, like, stayed there, then obviously, like, that would have continued. There's no way that wouldn't have escalated. Like, absolutely not. Like, obviously, that was some bullshit. Like, he was lying through his fucking teeth. Yeah. Uh, So, since she got kicked out to survive, she began prostituting uh, and developed a alcohol and cocaine addiction. Okay, maybe it wasn't Um, better. I'll take it back. (laughs) And she later admitted that during this time, she really enjoyed um aggressive sex with like the people that would buy her i don't know what the proper like verbiage is for prostitution um but yeah like her, her 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 clients or whatever that would engage yeah. in like bdsm type stuff yeah um and she also said that she really enjoyed cnc scenes um for anybody who doesn't know that is consensual non-consent so usually kind of like while like, sleeping is like common like they'll have people take like you know, say like a sleeping pill before bed, so yeah. they sleep relatively soundly. Uh, but I feel really bad for her. Like, obviously, I know she's about to get into some shit later, and I'm not gonna feel bad for her anymore. But at this point, yeah. I just want to acknowledge that I feel really, really bad for her, and I take it back. Maybe if she would have stayed, it would have been shitty, but it might not have been yeah as shitty as that. Who knows? Um. So by 1997, she had accrued a large amount of grand theft and drug con- drug convictions, um, and she decided to run away from those by moving to, and I shit you not, because I had to look up and confirm that this was a real place. Oh, no. She moved to Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. <laughs> no! <laughs> no. Okay. Like, I know this story is... Re- okay, so I'll, I'll preface that I, I very loosely know this story. I remember reading about it, like, a couple of years ago. And I feel like maybe I even watched, like, a documentary or something. I don't know. It, like, I, I'm vaguely, vaguely familiar. But I swear... So I know it's real. I obviously know it's a real case. Like, I believe you. But at every turn, I'm like, this is fake. This This is not real. <laughs> nope that's how i've had a couple of those where i'm like no none of this feels real well not only did they did she move to truth or consequences new mexico uh david parker ray lived in the neighboring town elephant butt so i don't okay side note what the fuck is happening in new mexico (laughs) i don't know like who who is allowing people to name towns in New Mexico? Because I think I don't know if there's a license for that. I don't know how one goes about naming a town, but you need to get better at it. I dude, I really wish I had answers for you. But I just I have no idea. We'll just issue New Mexico like a blacklist of names. Be like you can no longer call your town any of these names. <laughs> The whole thing feel like I'm right there with you. If I didn't know that this was a real case, I would have been like, "This isn't real." Yeah, these like names this, aren't real. It this sounds like a bad movie. Like yeah. none, none of it sounds real. 
Anyway. So. <sighs> when she moved there, um, she got a job at a state park that fucking David Parker Ray was also a, like, park ranger at. And that is where they met. And they very quickly bonded over their shared, very violent sexual fantasies. Um, and they very quickly moved in together. That historically has never gone wrong. <laughs> no, never. And that brings us to 19... March of 1999. The, 1999. That's what was, I was going to say the year. But then as soon as I started saying it out loud, I was like, wow, I don't remember it. Why did I think I could do this? <laughs> Yeah. So, March of 1999, uh, David Parker Ray parks his RV in a parking lot in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and lures one Cynthia Vigil. Virgil? Vigil. Vigil. I don't know why my brain keeps trying to throw another R in there, but, like, it's it's fine. Um, Cynthia was a prostitute at the time, and he tells her that he is an undercover cop and that she's under arrest for prostitution. Um, she kind of senses that something's a little bit off and she makes a break for the door of the RV, um, at which point Cindy Hindi comes out and electrocutes her with a cattle prod. Um, and then they drag her to the back of the RV and handcuff her to a cabinet. Yep. We have, uh, we have reached the point where I no longer feel bad for her. Yeah. I knew so, we would uh, come full circle, and here we are. It didn't take long. Yeah, the whole this whole thing breaks my heart because there's so many points where Cynthia, like, oh, almost, almost gets away, and then doesn't, and it oh, it makes me so sad for her. Oh my god, so I'm already getting like Junko vibes, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not ready. So that's the first one where she almost almost makes it. Uh, like her her fucking hand is literally on the doorknob and then david yells cindy and she panics because he she never gave him her name and of course he's yelling for cindy hindi not her but she doesn't know that yeah that like one second of hesitation is what got her and it sucks um so they hate that yeah so they handcuff her to the cabinet and they take off driving um and because Cynthia is a whole goddamn fighter and I will elaborate on more of on that more later um she unscrews the cabinet that's holding her and detaches herself from it and she's like crouched down like waiting for them to slow down enough for her to just fucking book it out of there right um and for some reason he slams on the brakes and that sends her tumbling which gets Cindy's attention. Right, which makes it obvious she, that she's no longer attached to the cabinet. Yeah. So Cindy gets up, grabs a gun, walks back to her, kind of alerts David, who pulls over, and also goes back there. And that's the last thing she remembers before she blacks out. God. <laughs> it's, hold on. <coughs> Dying. Um, yeah. It literally sounds like like a bad movie like not a bad movie but like a movie where i'd just be like screaming at the tv scene like no no so 
she wakes up and she's chained to a bed and she's listening to the toy box tapes. Um, and what these are are tapes that detail what the rules are and what's going to happen to her. Um, so I will read the intro, um, but I am not going to read the whole transcript um, if you want that in your life. Um, I will read the transcript to Morgan and we will put that on our Patreon because um, it's fucked and I it's going to take a while to read through it. And it's gonna, yeah, it's pretty it's long. If whole I remember other right. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so for right now, I'll just read the intro. And uh, I'm so sorry. The intro is bad enough. Let me tell you. This is the only part uh, of the case I really remember, to be honest. So here, here we go. <clears throat> so it starts. Hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Your wrists and ankles are chained. You're gagged, maybe blindfolded, and you're disoriented and scared too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. For a little while, at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. It is very relevant to your situation. I'm going to tell you in detail why you have been kidnapped, what's going to happen to you, and how long you'll be here. I don't know the details of your capture because this tape is being created on July 23rd of 1993 as a general advisory tape for future did you just say 1993 yeah he recorded this a while ago oh no don't Mm -mm. yeah yeah um uh, where was i at oh the information i'm going to give you is based on my experience dealing with captives over a period of several years if at a future date there are any major major changes in our procedures the tape will be updated now, you're obviously here against your will, totally helpless. You don't know where you're at, and you don't know what's going to happen to you. You're scared and pissed off, and I'm sure that you've already tried to get your wrists and ankles loose, and you know that you can't. Now you're just waiting to see what's going to happen next. You are probably you probably think you're going to be raped, and you're fucking sure right about that. Our primary interest is what you've got between your legs. You'll be raped thoroughly and repeatedly in every hole you've got, because basically you've been snatched and brought here for us to train and use as a sex slave. And that's that's as far as I'm going. The rest of it'll be up on the Patreon. <laughs> I vaguely remember the tapes, but I didn't remember that he recorded them so early too. Yeah. Like the amount of like planning and thought that like went into this. <laughs> like it makes sense, but it makes it that much worse. Like, the, well, none of the, this was, like, a spur-of-the-moment thing. Well, except maybe, like, just, grabbing the girls, but, like, the rest yeah. of it, no. And you can just tell from, like, the way that, the, the, like, the verbiage that he uses, he does not give a fuck about any of you. Like, like not at all. Not a single fuck. And I would be listening to that, too. Like, I can't, I feel like he says, like, a couple of times, I, I'm blinking already if he said it in that little, like, intro. But I feel like at some point, too, he says something about, like, just, you know, do what we want and you'll get to go free or some some shit like that. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah, like, he mentions that later on. Um, but and I was just like, I don't... the intro. I don't... I don't think... Like, if I was listening to that, I'd be like, first of all, I'm trapped in a bad Saw movie. I know this came out before the Saw movies, but if it happened at this point, I'd be like, wow, I'm trapped in a terrible Saw movie. Like, this is fucking <laughs> stupid. Um, but on top of that, I'd be like, there's no way. There's no way this man is letting me go. 
Mm-hmm. Like, not if you have all this shit planned. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, and you have to remember that, like, she was kidnapped March of 1999, and he recorded that tape July of 1993. Yeah, I'd be like, this person has been planning this for too long. Either that, or I would think, like, if I was her, I probably would have assumed that I was not the first person. I would have been yeah. like, oh, he's been doing this since 1993, if not beforehand. Yeah, I think that would just, like, break my spirit. I would just be like, oh, my God, like, I'm I'm not getting out of this. Like, if he's been doing this from at least 93 and not getting caught. Because <laughs> also, like, I'd be a lot less likely to try to escape if I thought that this person had been doing this successfully for, like, almost 10 years. Versus if I thought this was their first time ever doing something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Cynthia was captive for three days until March 22nd of 1999. Um, Ray was at work and Cindy was tasked with watching her. And Cindy was in the room with her when she got a phone call and she left the room. But thank God left the keys on a nearby table. And... Cynthia used her legs to kind of like pull the table closer to her and pull the keys off. Um, She got herself free from the bed. And when Cindy came back into the room, um, she noticed, obviously, and tried to beat her with a lamp. Um, So they had a whole physical altercation. Cynthia ended up grabbing an ice pick and stabbed Cindy in the neck and then just booked it out the front door. Good. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. So... I'm assuming Cindy doesn't die here, but I wish she did. No. Uh, I'm so sorry for what happens to Cindy. It's going to make you really mad. Um, So Cynthia at this point is now naked, covered in blood, with a dog collar and a chain dangling from it around her neck. Mm. And she runs down the road and she's like trying to flag down cars begging for help there is one car that like briefly stops and then just drives off um and it like later we find out that they did in fact call 911 and they're like hey there's this naked lady like flagging people down on the road um and there's an interview with cynthia where she like kind of talks about that experience And she says, like, she does not fault them for not stopping and driving off at all. Because she's, like, like, she saw her reflection in their window. And she's, like, I was terrified. Like, that image of me is terrifying. And it is burned in my brain. And, like, I do not fault them for not stopping. Because, like. Right. Like, she probably looks like the monster at that point. Yeah. Like, like, she's no fault of her own. But. Yeah. So, she keeps running she finds a house runs into the front door of the house and just kind of like stands there and it's owned by the sweetest elderly couple that cynthia refers to as her guardian angels Mm -hmm. um because first she kind of runs into the wife who's just in the kitchen like doing dishes and she just kind of like stops and looks at cynthia and is like okay um and then the husband comes in he's like hey i heard something And, like, he also sees Cynthia, who, again, is naked, covered in blood, with a dog collar around her neck, with a chain just hanging from it. Um, And they don't even ask questions. They get her a robe. They call the police. The wife sits with her and keeps her calm. Because, like, at this point, Cynthia's like, oh, my God, he's going to get me. He's going to find me. 
and both like the wife and the husband are like no like we've got you he's not gonna get you like you're never going back there um and so they keep her calm until the police arrive and when they do um cynthia leads them back to where she was being kept which opens up the investigation that poor i okay so the whole time you're like describing this like i was like okay well this feels like a lot of detail so i was like maybe maybe she survived but honestly like the whole time i was ready for her to be deceased because there's also like you know he could have given interviews later on and like described what happened like you know what i mean like there's always ways Mm -hmm. to find out those details without the victim like surviving but oh mm-hmm. my god, I'm so glad that her getting out of there and actually getting out of there is the ending to that because I needed that. I need I needed yeah. that. I needed that so bad. <laughs> yeah, and there's uh, so Cynthia is amazing. Uh she like makes it through this. She has a website where she like kind of posts her story. Um and I'll, I'll link the website and I'll kind of read some blurbs from here. Um, but she, like, started a foundation for, like, sex workers in New Mexico and, like, oh, God. I love that. I like, love she- that. Good. I'm so glad she's, like, okay. And, like, I can't yeah. imagine getting over something like this and, like, how much therapy and time and, like, how much that would impact your life. Uh, like mm-hmm. for her to turn that around and become like successful is like I said she's got her whole website she's like writing a book and all of these things Um, so why I like said earlier like nobody's surprised that she was a fighter because um, her story starts with her talking about how she lived with her grandmother um, and by the age 11 she had been molested by a family member um, and she tried to like talked to her family about it and they dismissed it so she ran away to live with her mom um and that wasn't super great but it was better (laughs) um her mom was like a partier and she would take her out to like bars and clubs um so like not great but better um but when she was 15 uh her mom was found murdered Uh, And it was never really investigated because her mom was like kind of tied to the drug scene and, you know, cops are trash and don't investigate murders that are involved too with drug scenes. Um, Or sex work or anything important. Yeah. So her death was written off as a drug overdose and it was never really looked into until later, which I will circle back to. Um. So she talks about how she was in and out of juvie and she's kind of turned to prostitution. Um, And about five years after her mother's death, she lost her best friend um, who was murdered by a client who's being a douchebag. Um, But it's fine. He died in prison. Damn. She just like really... had a life yeah um and then a year to the day after her best friend was found dead she was kidnapped by david parker ray i feel like 
the rest of her life, may the rest of her life just be so easygoing. Like you've done it. Mm -hmm. You've done all the, all of the suffering you need to do. You are, we are done with that. Let me tell you. So, um, she talks about her, this one I'll just read verbatim. Um, so her little bio here says, quote, almost a year after Raymundo, who was her best friend, was found um, in March of 1999. I was kidnapped in Albuquerque and transported to Elephant Butt, New Mexico, where I was collared, chained and tortured for three days by David Parker Ray, known as the Toy Box Killer, and his female accomplice, Cindy Hindi. Having lost both my mother and my best friend to murderers, I was determined to escape. When Ray left the home to go to work and Hindi was on the phone, I seized her op- my opportunity to grab the key to release myself from the chain. Hendy realized what was happening and tried to stop me, which led to an altercation with Hendy being hit in the head with an ice pick by me. At this point, I was able to run out of the house naked with a metal collar still around my neck and brought national attention to a man who was thought to have murdered 58 plus people. I encountered permanent nerve damage as a result of the torture, but was never compensated. Ray died in prison shortly after being convicted and sentenced to 224 years. Hendy was also convicted, and another of Ray's accomplices, Dennis Roy Yancey, was sentenced to 30 consecutive years, but released on probation. Yancey later received received a DUI, resulting in his probation being revoked and caused him to serve another eight years. Ray's third accomplice, Jesse Ray, his daughter, was sentenced to probation, but later violated it. She served two and a half years in prison for her crimes against the woman and five years of probation. Jesse likely received leniency because she had attempted to warn authorities about her father, um, but they didn't listen, or because Ray made a deal for her. Yet, with all of the years that passed and all the accomplices privy to the crimes, the bodies of Jill Troya and Marie Parker, no relation, along with 58 other people suspected to have been murdered, have still not been found. So, like, even there, she's like, yeah, I'm advocating for the other victims. Yeah, like, I can't believe... Uh, like, that's also remarkable, too, because that's a lot of... Because he didn't really travel much, right? Like he's no, he stuck- kind of stayed within that area. Yeah, like, that's a lot of bodies to hide to not be found. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's really surprising to me yeah i mean like this goes on to continue talking about her story and it's like girl like i don't i have so much respect for her i don't know how she didn't just like give up yeah this isn't even an episode about (laughs) david parker ray it's it's an episode about how great cynthia is seriously um so obviously she gets away anyway we're gonna like circle back to she gets away and she leads them to them, which leads to the investigation. Um, so police searched the property that Cynthia led them to and they discovered tapes because he videotaped every victim that he had. Uh, the actual toy box killer tapes or like the toy box tapes that he would play for them. Um, a journal with like very gruesome details of every woman that had been through the house and then the toy box. I I feel like those tapes and like notes are one of those things where like I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they're sitting in some FBI 
evidence storage facility somewhere you know what i mean uh but i feel like those are like one of the few pieces of evidence that i'm like yeah those should probably should just been burned yeah like those should just like not exist thanks like i would like that (laughs) funny that you should mention the fbi because on their website there is an archive of photos um that is a ton of like jewelry and little trinkets because like every serial killer he kept trophies they're trying to link them Um, to the people i'm assuming yes so i will link that um i'll well i'll send it to you so you can link it in the description and also like link it everywhere else um so that people can like I don't know if you have like a fair family heirloom that went missing or anything. Or you knew someone around that time period or that area. You you never know. Like, yeah, sometimes those things can weirdly work out. It, it's definitely worth a look. I like it just ugh, if we could just do something because that that archive has like 400 photos in it. Yeah. That's heartbreaking, which is one of those things that's like, okay, is there, like, did you just take multiple things from, like, every person? But I feel like even with, like, 60 people, like, hold on, let me do that little calculator math. I can't do that in my head. Hold on. Oh, no. Let's see. Okay, if we have about 400 items divided by 60-ish people, that would be, like, almost, it was, like, 6.66, ironically. (laughs) Wow, that that Um, tracks. Yeah, that seems appropriate. Uh, so, but that's like about seven things to take per person. Because also I think it was like 58, not like 60. I was like rounding up. That seems like a lot of things to take per person. Like yeah. if you kidnap me right now, I am literally wearing uh, my earrings. It, like you could like take all of my clothing and my jewelry and it still wouldn't even be seven items. So yeah. uh, I feel like that means either he was like stealing from people or there's like more yeah i mean some of the photos are like the same object from different angles but still like 400 pictures is still a lot yeah it's still which makes sense too but like i'd be interested to see like maybe i'll scroll it later and i'll do a little do a little math see how many items there actually is because now i'm like real curious about that anything on that fucking archive i'm going to shit myself oh god i i hope i do and i really really hope i don't yeah it's a fair mix of both i'm not gonna lie to you yeah uh so the toy box the topic i have been trying to avoid Mm. for a while (laughs) i wasn't even gonna bring it up (laughs) sorry um so the toy box is a trailer that he had sitting on his property that was soundproofed. Um, and in the middle of it was a like gyno chair, um, like gynecological chair for mm-hmm. like the five men that are listening and have no idea what gyno is short for. Uh, <laughs> and on all the walls are like all of the tools that he would use. Um, and then the worst part, fucking hate this detail the ceiling was covered in mirrors so that the women had no choice but to watch what was being done to them Mm -mm -mm -mm. 
Like, can't you just fucking take the videotapes and get the fuck out? Like, is that not bad enough? Is not everything fucking else you're doing bad? God, like, I genuinely wonder if this like inspired Saw. It, it sounds like a bad Saw movie. <laughs> In the way where it's like it's so over the top that I'm like, this doesn't even feel real. Yeah. I. Ooh, ooh! I've never hated someone quite so aggressively. I was not ready to talk about this one either. Sorry. Anyway, so I will post pictures um, that are on the. I'll post pictures on the Instagram because I had to make eye contact, and therefore everybody else must. <laughs> right, like if my eyeballs had to witness this, um, yours do too. Everyone first. has to suffer. So yeah, so the, like I said, the walls are like covered in tools. I mean, like cattle prods, um, like something that literally looks like a fucking heretic's fork if you remember us talking about that um like homemade dildos but like not not the good kind like one of them is literally probably about the width of my forearm and has like matches along the bottom of it um there's clamps there's like knives and ice picks and like i hate everything about it basically Um, everything there could be obviously there's jumper cables um there's a box like a black box that he would lock their heads in um and then did this man go to the medieval torture museum right uh my least favorite detail there's a sign by the door that says Satan's Den because this fucking angsty little bitch boy thought he was so cool. You know, I'm not gonna lie. People like that give Satan a bad name. Like, I don't think Satan's as bad as all that. Historically. Like, (laughs) Jesus. Literally one of the commandments of the Satanic Temple is to not fucking rape people. Yeah, like, that's, that's literally in their top ten, dog. Like I don't think yeah. they want to associate with you. I don't. I don't think he's here. Actually, I, I think he's down there. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <sighs> so, I am unfortunately going to circle back to the tape again. I will read the whole thing on the Patreon, uh, but this is just a little, little snippet to really just get it through to you. How much I fucking hate this. Um, so eventually it gets to the point where it says, my lady friend and I have been keeping sex slaves for years. We both have kinky hangups involving rape, dungeon games, etc., And we've found that it is extremely convenient to keep one or two female captives available constantly to satisfy our particular needs. We are very selective when we snatch a girl to use for these purposes. It goes without saying that you have a fine body. You're probably young. Maybe very young, because for our purposes, we prefer to snatch girls in their early to mid-teens, sexually developed, but still small-bodied, scared shitless, easy to handle, and easy to train. I can't, I, I can't say the rest of that. Um, I'm going to skip over that sentence, because 
I don't blame you. Not I don't blame not you. Family friendly. Um, they make perfect slaves. Anytime we go on a hunting trip, if we can't find a little teenager, we usually start hitting the gay bars. Look for a well-built, big-tittied lesbian. I thoroughly enjoy raping and screwing around with lesbians as they're not much danger of them carrying STD. And I don't like using condoms. Although, even though they're a little older, unless they've been playing with dildos a lot, they still have tight holes between their legs, like the younger girls. Why did you have to make it homophobic? Like, what what did the LGBT community do to you? Why did I have to be brought into this? I don't approve. Uh, So we're going to just skip through again. Uh, And then he talks about the box, which, quote, is relatively soundproof, escape proof, and it's completely stocked with devices and equipment to satisfy our sexual fetishes and deviations. There may or may not be another girl in the room. Occasionally, for variety, we like to keep two slaves at the same time. In either case, as the new girl, you're definitely going to be getting more attention for a while. I just, like, I don't understand. Like, I genuinely don't understand how... I mean, let alone the one person exists like this, but how did he manage to find another person that exists out there like this? Like, the fact that they not only did this, but he had a partner, like a willing participant, is, like, the craziest part of this to me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how did you find a second person to be complicit in all of this shit? Yeah. I I don't fucking know. So it it goes on in explicit detail. Um, And then we get to the part that nobody's surprised about, which is I don't give a flying fuck about your mind or how you feel about this situation. You may be married, have a kid or two, boyfriend, girlfriend, a job, car payment. Fuck it. I don't give a rat's ass about any of that. And I don't want to hear about it. It's something that you're going to have to deal with after you're turned loose. I mean, first of all, David, we'll sit down for a second. I don't think anyone's complaining to you about their car payments. I don't think anyone's being like, you got to let me out. I have a car payment to make. Uh, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, yeah, we, we already figured by the fact that you kidnapped someone and locked them in a room like this and are made a videotape. Like, we pretty much assumed you don't give a fuck. Like, that was kind of implied in the yeah. whole building a dungeon thing. But thanks. Thanks for the clarification, David. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, so there's there's more, and I'm skipping over all of it because I don't have the mental capacity yet. And by that, I mean I'm only halfway through my beer. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's like a two beers in thing. You can just sip the next one for the next episode and we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, don't you worry. By the time that we record like my full transcript reading, I will be at least two beers in. I have to be. (laughs) I don't blame you. Uh, So then we get to the part where he talks about um, his quote unquote disposal. Um, So he allegedly... Um, has done this to at least 58 plus women um, and it makes me want to throw up <laughs> so this part of the tape he talks about how he gets away with it um, so quote I it hurts my heart every time I say quote um, 
I've devised a safe alternate method of disposal. I had plenty of bitches to practice on over the years, so I've got it pretty much down pat. And I enjoy doing it. I get off on mind games. After we get completely through with you, you're going to be drugged up really heavy with a combination of sodium pentothal and phenobarbital. They are both hypnotic drugs that will make you extremely susceptible to hypnosis, auto-hypnosis, and hypnotic suggestion. Um, You're going to be kept drugged for a couple of days while I play with your mind. By the time I get through brainwashing you, you're not going to remember a fucking thing about this little adventure. Um, So, i.e., I'm going to kill you. I'm just going to overdose you, and then I'm going to bury you in the woods somewhere. So... The horrific part of this is that we know that this worked because there are two women who um, were involved in the trial and one of them, uh, where did she go? Uh, Sorry, I have like five tabs open. Uh, One of them was Angelica Montano, um, who came forward because the police had released the least like vulgar of some of the images to see if they could get any victims to come forward and she saw her tattoo on her ankle in one of the pictures and was like holy shit everything that i thought was just a fucking nightmare that i made up actually happened so so there there's a strong possibility that there's also like that he didn't kill all of those people. Like, he may have kidnapped all those people, but not necessarily killed all of those people. Which would make more sense, because I was like, I don't know how he... I mean, it's possible. It's possible he hid that many bodies without getting caught. Like, Or, you know, they could have always found the bodies and then not realized they were his, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was wonder- I was like, that seems like a lot. But it does make sense if some of them... I just... I think it's hard for me because I don't really believe in, like, hypnosis. But also, like, I do know, obviously, like, drugs like that. Um, I was going to say, like, barbiturate amnesia is a thing. Yeah, and and especially, like, when you're heavily, like, borderline overdosed with it, like, over and over again for days. And then he's probably just sitting there the whole time being like, this is all a dream. You're dreaming this. Right. Uh, Literally. (laughs) That's what, like, hurts my fucking heart about this, right? So she found out because, like I said, she saw the tattoo and was like, holy shit. Um, She, so the night that she got kidnapped, he, like, she went to a, she got in a fight with her husband, went to a bar, um, knew fucking David Parker Ray's daughter and met her at the bar. And then her dad showed up and drugged Angelica and like took her for the night um and like did everything she was there for two days um he like thought that he had killed her um and fucking ditched her on the road um and somebody found her and took her to a local clinic and her injuries got treated um and she wasn't sure like what happened because um, like I said, she was drinking at a bar when she met him. Um, she had like vague memories that she was just convinced were like not real. Um, so she like told her husband, like I was at the bar 
like something happened. I think I got kidnapped. Um, but neither her husband nor the police believed her story. Her husband fucking thought he was cheating or she was cheating on him and divorced her. And then she found out all of this was real when everything came forward in 99. And like I said, she saw the tattoo on her ankle and was like, holy shit, that's that's my tattoo. That's my ankle. I I say this in like the the least fucked up way possible, but like genuinely, if well, I would never do this to my spouse. First of all, let's just preface that. But if I fucking thought someone was lying about something like that, which I never would, like I said, uh, but if for some reason, if I did think they were lying and then I found out years later that they weren't lying and that actually did happen to them and even worse happened to them, like probably that they don't even remember, I think I would genuinely like kill myself. Like I would be so guilty. I like don't know how I would exist as a human being. Oh my, I cannot imagine the fucking apology tour that that man went on. There is no apology. Like, (laughs) honestly, I would not be surprised if that man just straight up avoided her forever just because he didn't know how to apologize for that. Because how do you? There's no apology. Like, there is not. How do you look your partner in the eye and go, I am so sorry that I didn't believe that you were kidnapped and tortured for two days and then also it's just like she had no sign, like, I feel like she had to have, like, probably some signs of that. Like, I mean, I guess he's, he thought she was, like, cheating or whatever. But it's just, like, if I... I mean... Like, why would I make up a story like that? Right? Like, that outlandish. Like, if I was trying to, like, actually come up with, like, a convincing lie or whatever. And, right. Like, she really like, oh, was I went out on a cheating. girl's weekend. Yeah. Or, like, even if <sighs> you were sticking with, like, the I got kidnapped story or whatever. Like, you... <laughs> I don't think you would put, like... The, like, this is a really weird case. Like, this is not, like, a normal thing, I feel like, that happens to people who get kidnapped. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just, like, why would I have come up with this story specific? Like, it's too specific of a story for me to think it was a lie. Yeah. But that's just me, because I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So the second girl that we know about um, was the girlfriend of Dennis Yancey who was mentioned in like the little blurb from Cynthia's website the accomplice Um, right or like the dude who knew about it or something one of the accomplices he brought his girlfriend to David Parker Ray's first mistake yeah I don't Um, know why you would ever do that helped him helped him with all of the shit and then strangled her to death I genuinely want all of these people to die so bad. Like, none of these people involved in this, like, deserve to breathe. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, don't you worry. If you thought it couldn't get any worse. You know what? Honestly, I... the only I only knew like two main remembered two main things from this case and you have not touched on the second one and I'm really afraid for that <laughs> uh, I have to find the blurb in the tape because I remember reading this and I was like are you fucking kidding me I hate it I hate everything about it uh, I'm afraid I think it? I know what's coming because like I said you have not touched on the second thing I know about this case and I am scared yeah. This is the thing I was least looking forward to hearing. 
What part do you think it is? Is it the dog thing? Yep. Yep. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, that's the only other thing I remember. And it's traumatizing. There's a reason I remember it. All right. There is one more bit from the tape that I will read. And then, like I said, the rest of the tapes are going to go on the Patreon. Um, so just just when we thought it couldn't get any worse. And just keep in does. mind as we go into this, that this is the stuff we included. There is a lot more stuff in There's... these tapes. <laughs> the, the, tr- the transcript is five parts. Yeah, like it, just no, just for parts. context, like these tapes six are parts. long. They're like a, a, I'm trying to remember how long exactly they are, but they're like a while. Like there's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Um, I'm gonna immediately bleach my eyeballs as soon as we record the Patreon episode. Uh, and then we're never gonna think about it again, ever again. It's going in a tiny little box in my brain, and I'm locking that bit. <laughs> um. So yeah, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, he gets his dogs involved. Mm, yep, I was waiting for that. And I quote, I'm so sorry. Your wrists, ankles, knees, and hips will be strapped to a metal frame to hold your body in that position. The frame is for dog fucking, or is designed for dog fucking. Your ass up in the air, exposed. I'm leaping out a lot of this too i'm so sorry um yeah censoring feels safe here yeah uh your your tits hanging down on each side of a metal support bar knees spread about 12 inches uh position similar to that of a bitch dog in heat right in the middle of the floor so we can sit, sit on the couch and in chairs and watch i'm going to rub canine breeders musk on your back the back of your neck and on you um now i have three dogs all of them are male because i don't need any fucking pups one of them is a very large german shepherd and he loves it when i bring him in the house to fuck a woman after i let him in the house he'll sniff around for a little bit within a minute he'll be mounting you there's a 50 50 chance which hole he'll get into uh but it doesn't seem to bother him either way it's pretty thin. It goes in easy, but it's about 10 inches long uh, when he gets excited, and there's a hell of a knot right in the middle of it. I, no one should know that much about their dog. I'm just just putting that out there. All the other stuff aside, you should just not know that about your dog. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Just don't know that. Thank you. I just... it This part of the tape goes on for so much longer like there is so much more detail that happens after this that's okay we get we get the gist too much of the gist i want the gist returned actually i fucking bleeped some of it out no i i i know and anyway we're we're done with the tape that is as much of the tape as i'm putting into this episode i'm so sorry we're moving on yeah, I don't I don't have it. I don't I don't have anything. No. Nope. I got nothing to add. I got mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh so <laughs> there were we're just going to skip through that that was the investigation. They found all of that shit. Um the trial they tried 
him in three different trials. So one for his acts against Cynthia Vigil, one for those against Angelica Montano, and one for those against Kelly Garrett, who was the girlfriend. Right. Like he got convicted of all of them. He was sentenced to 224 years in prison um, on numerous offenses of abduction and sexual torture. Um, he was never tried for murder because no body, no crime, unfortunately. Um, because of the fact that his daughter was kind of involved with Angelica, um, she was tried on charges of kidnapping and sentenced to two and a half years with five years of probation. Um, and then the boyfriend of the last one was sentenced to oh, 30 years. He served 11, got released on probation, got a DUI, went back in. I don't understand how it wasn't just like an instant death penalty for all of them, for everyone involved. I live like I would be like, great, we're rewriting the laws. Like, you're not gonna sit for 20 years on death row. We're just gonna do it right now in the parking lot. Like, that's what we're all doing after this trial is we're all meeting in the parking lot and we're gonna fucking beat the shit out of you until you're dead. Thanks. See ya. It gets so much worse. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah, because you said I'd be mad about the Cindy thing, and I don't, I don't think we, oh no. God damn it. In 2000, she testified as an accomplice against him. And because of this, she received 36 years for her role in the crimes. Uh, She was released in 2019. Uh, Bitch, that isn't 30 fucking 30. What did you say? 35 years? 36? 36. Yeah, that's not 36 years. Uh, That sounds like fucking 19 years to me. Probably closer to 18, actually, if she testified in 2000. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear no bullshit about good fucking behavior. Honestly, <laughs> I think in certain cases, this is my own personal opinion, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think in cases like this, like, there shouldn't be an option to, like, d- there is no good behavior. Like, sorry, uh, cool, cool that you weren't a dick in prison, um, but you forfeited your good behavior with like the shit that you did before this yeah you don't like you you can't make up for it now like you don't get a break now like i know obviously like they'll sentence to people like to life without parole and i think in those circumstances like obviously they can't get out early with you know good behavior or anything but even then it's yeah like like i'm sorry everybody involved with this should have just got like no chance at parole like no matter how much time you got like you're not getting out early Want to get mad again? Mm-hmm. No, but sure. So David Parker Ray didn't even serve a fraction of his time because in 2002, he was taken to the Lee County Correctional Facility where he was supposed to be interrogated by police about where the bodies were. And he died of a heart attack before the interrogation took place. I wish you could see, like, the white-knuckled grasp I have on my microphone at the moment. <laughs> I am happy that he is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will lead with that. Um, 
No, I'm just going to end there. There's, I am not happy about anything else. That's it. I'm glad he's dead. Um, I'm upset about every other part of it, though. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's all bad. It's all bad. I, this actually, this actually, I think, uh, I think it finally topped the Junko case for me. I think there's finally someone I hate more than those stupid fucking Yakuza boys. Mm -hmm. I think we're finally there. Do you want to leave, leave on a happy note? Yes, please. God, I'm begging. Okay, so I'm going to read the rest of uh, the blurb from Cynthia's website. Um, so she talks about how her life went on. She got clean from drugs, got married, had four kids, uh, mm -hmm. and she completed both the dental assistant and medical assistant program. Um, she kind of talks about her struggles with finding a job because of her background um, but she continued to find other work doing portrait photography professionally. Oh. Um, she kind of kept being concerned about these kind of crimes, uh, which was solidified in 2009 when this like mass grave was found in West Massa and all of the victims were from sex trade. Um, so strippers to prostitutes and everybody in between. Um, and that is what kind of gave her the, like, I guess the gumption to start the foundation that she started, um, which we'll talk about. And then she, uh, oh gosh, just, I'm just going to read this part verbatim. Um, in 2020, law enforcement reached out to me about my mother's murder. Samuel Little, a known serial killer who authorities had been warned about numerous times and had a run-in with, had confessed to murdering a woman in Albuquerque many years prior. After combing through various crime files, the authorities had concluded that my mother's incident was the only match to the crime details. They showed Little my mother's photo and he confirmed that she was the woman that he killed in Al Albuquerque. My life has crossed paths with two serial killers, both of which authorities had been warned about. In both instances, the men went on to murder numerous more people, creating intergenerational trauma. I have been fortunate to have another woman, my stepmother, enter my life later as a loving mother figure. But I realized that the pain caused by these murders can never be undone for my family or others. Currently, my life is improving. I am separated from my husband, but we remain good friends. I'm raising my three boys, plus a few foster children, have three grandchildren, and two pseudo-grandchildren. I've reached the final stage of my substance treatment program. In the winter of 2020, I became one of the first New Mexicans to begin the process for a pardon. In the winter of 2021, I started Ritz World Novelties and Toys LLC with my son in honor of my son, Ruben, and will be selling LED glow toys at state fairs. I eventually want to venture into doing a drink business and leave Ritz World Novelties and Toys for my boys as they begin their journey into the business world. As co-founder and board member, I currently run Street Safe New Mexico along with the other board members and I'm in the process of studying for the LSAT exam to enter law school with plans to improve the justice system. 
I just want to say that, like, I feel like the only comforting thing about any of this is that, like, it her case and also clearly there are other women out there that have, like, gone through this and then, like, gone on to live, you know, like, successful lives. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the fact that anyone made it out of this and then has, like, since turned that around and, like, turned it into this, like, very positive thing, like, that's incredible. Like, that, there's so much to respect there. Like, I can't imagine even going through something like this and then and then g- coming out of it and turning it around. Especially, like, if you were already into drugs and stuff beforehand. Like, the fact mm-hmm. that you didn't let that, like, use that as a coping mechanism and let yourself spiral. Like, the fact that you turn that around is, like, so much strength. Yeah. And, like, every every interview I've seen of her, she is just genuinely a good person. Like she, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, she talked about how she doesn't fault that driver at all. Um, In another interview, she talks about how she forgives Cindy for what she did because in a way she was also a victim of David Parker Ray's. Like I just, she is a strong woman and like Cynthia if you ever hear this just know that we have the utmost respect for you and like you you did the damn thing (laughs) oh yeah you and every other woman affected by this case who then turned it you know what I mean like the fact that anybody walked away from this and was able to make things better is it like it just boggles my mind like that, I yeah. can't even imagine how much that takes. Yeah. So yeah, that is the super horrific story of David Parker, a, aka the Toy Box Killer. I feel like we don't even need to do a keep it spooky for this. Like, yeah, just the whole thing. The whole thing. There is nothing also, to pinpoint here. New Mexico police departments, get your fucking shit together and find the bodies. Because they're there, I promise you. Like, they have to be. Like, even if he let half the women go, that's still a good, like, 30 bodies. Find them. You fucking assholes. Like, I guess I, like, I don't know exactly what his property looked like, but I feel like there's not really a, a good way for him to have disposed of them in a way where they couldn't be found at some point. You know what I mean? Like, most people don't have access to, like, say, like, a crematorium where they can completely pulverize the bones and bodies, like, into dust. You know what I mean? And that's the worst part. Like, there's an interview with Cindy fucking Hindi where she talks about, like, when they first met, he, like, boasted about how he's killed people and, like, said something about, like, cutting them straight down the center and filling them with rocks and dropping them in the lake. First of all, baby girl, red flag. You should. Yeah, I was like, and you didn't (sighs) run for the hills immediately? Second of all, fucking drag every goddamn lake within, like, a 30-mile radius. Because also, yeah, like, it's clearly, like, he didn't, like, it doesn't really seem like he was traveling too much. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he was, like, snatching these women and, like, going super far. No, like it's here. I'll pull up. Yeah, like it's pretty realistic. Like the bodies are probably 
within like i'm sure he went like outside of his town but like i i'm sure there's somewhere in the surrounding area like i can't imagine he would just suddenly like even if you did like fuck it drag every lake in like a hundred mile radius you know what i mean like a couple of hour radius yeah and i think you would still be fine like i can't um, like he seems too lazy for that and also you have to think too like a lot of these women it seems like he was i mean to be fair we don't really know how many he like killed versus like released but like the women he did release like he wasn't releasing them far like it's not like oh because like that one lady with her husband or whatever who didn't like believe her like obviously she was dropped off very close to where she was taken because if she would have been dropped off like three states over then he obviously would have known that she actually got kidnapped you know what i mean like it would have been much more believable like yeah why would you turn up mysteriously two days later three states over yeah you know so it's like he's clearly dropping them where he found them so this is the like aerial shot of his compound Oh, okay. So he does kind of live on like a farm yeah. type so, of like, deal. The house, like the barn, and then like this was the trailer. I mean, I could see. Yeah, I wonder if they are in like a lake. Because I mean, this is elephant butt, and there's truth and consequences, and then there's this giant fucking lake, literally right there. Yeah, and that's like a. That's like a big, big, yeah, that's a big lake. But still, okay, then drag it. I get it's a big lake. You've had time. You've literally had 22 years since this trial. Like, like you literally can't explain why you haven't done that. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking stupid. Like New Mexico police, like, okay, cool. Explain. Hold up, my dog is barking. And I hear it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, he did. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, New Mexico police, like, please explain. Because, like, what is the excuse? Why haven't you dragged this lake? It's literally been 22 years. It's literally right there. It's right, right there. there. And he straight up admitted. Because also, as much as I fucking hate this man with every fiber of my being, unfortunately... He's like, okay, we've had a lot of serial killers who, like, say a lot of things that you're like, this isn't real. Like, you're just making this up or you're over-exaggerating to make yourself sound cooler or, you know, whatever. Like, they're lying about it some way or making it more fantastical than it is. But, like, he's pretty, like, he says some pretty out there shit, but, like, pretty much everything he's ever said, like, he's meant. Yeah. Even though it is like kind of crazy and it is not kind of crazy. It's insanely crazy and it's like insanely out there. Like it's all real. So like if this man straight up said, I am cutting them in half, stuffing their bodies full of rocks and dumping them in a lake, then I believe him. Like, I don't think he was saying that to impress her. Like, I I, I mean, I think he was saying that to impress her, but like, I, I think it was the truth. Yeah. Like, he was saying it because they had talked about, like, their fucking violent sexual fantasies and was like, oh, I've killed people before. Yeah, exactly. Like, he he was saying it to impress her, but, like, he was just conveniently pulling out the truth at a time to impress her. Yeah. Like, I... 
yeah, like, what's the excuse? Like, even if you didn't have the money to straight up drag the whole lake, I get it. It's a fucking huge lake. Like, it is huge. But then, like, you rent one of the fucking sonar things for the boat. And, like, drive that around to see if you can, like, spot anything. Because they use that all the time for stuff like that. Like, historical stuff like that. Do you want to get some scuba gear and just do it our fucking selves? (laughs) I mean, honestly. Like, fucking about at this point. Jesus Christ. Like, it's... I, I can't believe that, like, in 22 years... Let's give them credit. We'll say 21 years. And count 2000 as the year of the trial or whatever. You had 21 years. Like, I get it might be expensive, but you didn't have time to raise that money over 21 years. Also, I can't imagine that there isn't, like, foundations and stuff, like, out there that wouldn't, like, fund this. Like, the FBI. The FBI is not interested in dragging the fucking lake. Like, there's no, like, they have the funding. Yeah. Like, I get it if the people in fucking Elephant Butt, New Mexico, don't have the funding, (laughs) but, like, the FBI does. And the FBI has dealt with a lot of the rest of this case. And you know they're involved because they have all of the fucking jewelry and shit. Exactly. So it's like, okay, you can post all the jewelry, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not faulting that. Like, that's great. Like, I'm glad that they're doing that. Uh, But also, it's like, you couldn't just drag the fucking lake. The giant lake that's right there. You couldn't use your little sonar. Like, I, I, I've i seen bones. I know you guys have it. <laughs> <laughs> the next headline. Co-hosts of Bitches and Murders gets fed up with New Mexico police and rents scuba gear and dives in the lake next to elephant butt. Like, fuck. I'm about to just rent. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll rent one of those boats. We'll... D- Wait till it dings on something and we'll get out our scuba deer, deer, scuba deer, <laughs> scuba gear. And uh, we're going to solve this because there's literally no reason to not look there. Yeah. <sighs> so now that you're mad, uh, that's that's all I got for you, folks. Wow, you're really just going to like, I. oh, my God, I I hate, I hate, I hate. People are always like, I don't understand why you've got all this education and now you don't really want to work in your field anymore. And I'm like, because 90% of working in my field is working with either cops or the prison system. Um, And I despise both of those things uh, with a fiery burning passion that has only grown stronger as I have aged. So it's like, like yeah, I'm stronger with each case that we've covered where we're like somebody literally came- his daughter went to the police and we're like, hey, my dad's a sketchy dude. And they were like, that's great. Have a nice life. Yeah. Like, I genuinely feel like it is it is 50 50. 50 percent of it is ob- like the cop side of it is also like, you know, violence against people of color and all of those things that have happened in recent years um, has fueled a lot of that as well but like I feel like the other like 50 to 75 percent of it literally is this podcast because like it's sitting here and reading about these cases and reading over and over and over again what we have almost 60 episodes now like Mm -hmm. reading over and over and over again like how much they have fucked things up and how many people have died and suffered and 
been imprisoned for the wrong things or gotten out of prison and they shouldn't have or should have gone to prison but did it like there's just so much that it can, like, cannot be excused at this point yeah and it's like yeah that's that's it like that's why I don't want to work in my field because also at this point like I feel like at, at first when I first started to be like wow I don't really like these things I was like maybe I can reform them and like be part of the good side of it and like now as it's gone on I'm like there is no good side of it like we just need to just completely get rid of this idea and do something else like none of this is is a good working piece here <laughs> so uh catch me making more podcasts about how much fucking cops suck oh fucking christ dude <laughs> Uh, so I never want to think about this again and I know that I have to in like an hour (laughs) yeah Um, so uh, yeah I think we need to leave this here because the only thing left in me is more angry tirades and we don't need that (laughs) I've gone on enough can we just make a Patreon episode of like Morgan's angry tirades (laughs) I mean honestly (laughs) there's like a good 15 minutes that could be added to every episode i swear to god (laughs) so um our beacons page has all of the things i'm gonna put a link to cynthia's um foundation as well as the fbi link um and just stay spooky but not even remotely close to this spooky nowhere near this close if you even get an iota of this amount of spooky, I'm throwing hands. Yeah, just run the other direction from everything that happened here. That's the only answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs>